my title is, Not My Will But Your Will, Lord. And that is something that I believe that we all need to hear and we all need to know and some of us need to be reminded of not our will but your will, Lord, because his will is always the best will. And I think I want to start, I want to start with prayer always first. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God. Oh, glory. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. Your anointing that destroyed the yokes and bondage off of people. I thank you, Lord, tonight that you watch over your word to perform it. I call this church ears open to receive. I say, Lord, as you speak through me, that their heart will catch on fire with what you're saying to them. And they won't hear me, but they will hear the voice of the almighty God saying, come near, come closer. I want more of you. I thank you, God, tonight that we we welcome your presence. We welcome your spirit and do what you want to do, Holy Ghost. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For I know it's a power of God unto those who are in bondage tonight, Lord. And I thank you that we create an atmosphere where you are welcome. We create an atmosphere that we don't put brakes on you, God. But we say, go, Jesus, go. Do what you want to do in us. Do what you want to do through us tonight. It's your night. This is your day. This is your way, Jesus. And I thank you as I open my mouth, Lord. You feel it with the words, not, I'll, not what I want, but you want these people to hear. For these are your sons and daughters, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I think first I want to go to Haggai 1.4. 1, This is something that I got in prayer, this scripture I got in prayer when I was praying last night. Now, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Jerubal, the son of, Shete- of Shelatel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speak the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, that the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai to the prophet, saying, It is time for yourself to dwell in your panel houses and distemper and lie in ruins. So what this about is that it was time the Lord's house was neglected, and they had nice houses. And um, the word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel and telling them, It's time for you to start taking care of God's business instead of your business. It's time for you to start doing what God said do and taking care of his because your house is beautiful and the Lord's house look a mess. So that's where we go. And go to the next one. Now, therefore, does say the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider, that's good, but I want to talk about that. The Lord said, consider your ways. Consider what you are putting first. Consider what you are doing. Go to the next one. You have so much and bring in little. Don't you know when you're not in the will of God, it's like you put and you're going two steps forward and you're taking two, two steps back. You're trying to do it your way and it's not working out. He's saying you have so much. You have given much, but still you don't have nothing. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but you, no one is warm. And he who unrages, unrages to put in a bag with holes. Mm. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You're doing it your way. You're working hard. You don't have time for this. You're doing everything your way, and it seems like it's not working out, and it's not going to work out because there's your way, and then there's his way. 
Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a temple that I may have pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it came to litter. And when you brought in home, it blew away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, why every one of you run to your own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withheld the dew and the earth withhold its fruits. For I call for a, you go to the next one. It just was like he's saying, all this happened because you're not obedient. Then Jeroboam, the son of Shealtel, and Joshua, the son of Zadok, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord, their God, has sent them, and the people feared in the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord, messenger, spoke to the message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. The, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, and that's what I really want to get to. Um, we do things in our will, and the Lord is saying we don't have a house. Well, he could be talking about the church too because we do need help in the church. But now we are the temple of God, and we are the church. We have something that God is telling us to do, but we are so busy with other things that it may be good, but everything good is not God. I learned that years ago. I could be busy doing good stuff. I mean, real good stuff, but it's not God stuff. And he's saying, you letting all this, you, you, and, and when you're not doing it God's way, nothing you do will work out. When I say nothing, no thing you do will work out. You will get frustrated because it's not working out. God's have a way of doing things. And what he's saying that you're doing this and everything you're doing is not flowing, it's not working out. But tonight, what God said, I want to stir the people up. You know how when you somebody preach, you get stirred up. You say, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. Saturday, I'm going to do that. By Wednesday night, you got to ache in your body. By Wednesday night, somebody calling you. You say, I'm going to do this. I know the Lord told me to do it, and I'm going to start beginning here. It's a guarantee by the end of the week before you start doing something going to happen. It, it always happens. It's, it's never failed. The devil don't have nutrients. He just uses the same old one because he keep getting you with it. And that's the way the Lord is saying. You know, you give everything to everything. It's not working out. And when I was praying over this thing, he said, people in this church need help. I need help. But he said, you need help and you're wondering why your praying is not working, why your giving is not working, why you're doing everything is not working, because they're doing their will and not mine. Now, God said it, and I was like, okay. So he said, the word that's going to come forth tonight is going to stir you up. When the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, the son, it stirred up the spirit within him. We all got a spirit within us that when we hear a good word, it stir up. It stir up. That's the Holy Ghost stirring you up. And then after a week, it get back. And that's when the word says stir yourself up. Because this word tonight is going to stir you up. To I pray that God will tell you every single thing he told you to do. I pray tonight while I preach every single thing he told you to do and you put it on the back burner, it will come up tonight in your spirit. And your spirit will be stirred up and you will remember what God said do. And tonight you will say, I will do it. And and now I did, that's a good part. But now I want to, we always follow Jesus. In the Bible, I always look at Jesus. So next one, I want to take it to when Jesus had to walk through this. You know, Jesus, it was um, Luke 22. Verse 42 to 44, Jesus don't do nothing. He don't ask us to do nothing that he didn't already done for us or he didn't walk through. And Jesus is always, always the best example to follow. And this was when Jesus was about to go to the cross. 
And I always, this scripture is so special to me because when I think about Jesus going to the cross and I think about, if that's okay, we got the Bible if you don't find it. I always think about, you know, what was he thinking about? What could have been on his mind? And this scripture right here just tell me exactly what he was going through. Let me pull it up. The screen went off. Luke 22, verse 42. And Jesus said, and first he withdrew himself from about them and kneeled down and prayed. And he said, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Even Jesus knew what he had to walk through. Even Jesus knew what he was about to go through. And even Jesus said, Father, <laughs> remove this cup from me if it's your will. Because it was hard to bear. When you do it God's way, you will easily try to find another way. When God tell you to do something his way, in our minds, we'll try to find another way to do it. If he said, come to prayer on Monday night, you'll say, but God, I could pray at home. I could pray at home. If he tell you to go to Good News Kids Club, God, I can go, I can go and just pray for the kids somewhere else. I don't have to go out and do it. Or the ice cream truck. Oh, well, I don't need to do that because I could go to Walmart and, and see somebody and tell them about Jesus. We would tend to always say, I don't want to drink this cup. Because when God tell you to do his will, it won't be easy. Amen. He'll be with you, but it won't be easy. This flesh going to have to put it aside a lot, a lot. You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you might have to go to a new church. Sometimes you might have to let family members go. Sometimes you're going to have to change your personality and get God personality. Sometimes you can't be so feisty. Sometimes you got people going to say stuff to you. You got to zip it up. He, Jesus was saying, let this cup pass, but nevertheless, not my, not my will, your will be done. And then after that, and there appeared an angel to him from heaven, strengthening him. Once you decide to do God's will, his angels come. Once you decide to say, Lord, I know you're telling me to do this. Let this cup pass, but nevertheless, I'll do it if you say do it. Then you're going to get assistance from heaven. When you, like the old people in the old church, you say, I have a made-up mind. My mind is made up, but I ain't turning back. Amen. That means once you've made up your mind to do it, God's going to send you help. He's going to send the angels. He's going to send the people you need. He's going to send the money you need. He's going to give you the strength you need. Then the angels going to come to help you once you make up your mind. But before you make up your mind, you ain't getting no help. Amen. Once Jesus said, nevertheless, your will, the help came. Some of you guys should be preaching. Some of you guys should be teaching. Some of you guys should be prophesying. Some of you guys should be doing outreach. Some of you guys should be more than what you're doing, but you have been doing it your will. Because the will of God looked really difficult. This is the will of God for me. I am a prayer. I love to pray. Prayer is my life. And when God told me to preach, that was not my will. I hear some of you guys in the spirit talking about pastor. I see you looking at pastor. I know when you get mad at pastor. I know when pastor say something stupid and y'all be looking like, oh, no, he didn't say that. 
I know how y'all have that critical finger. Y'all point at the things that he do. I know how people look at a person when they stand in this pulpit. And I choose not to stand. I, my choice was not to stand and let everybody look at me. Let everybody pick out my flaws. Because that's what they do. They pick you apart. Be like, she said this week. She said that last week. What's she say? But I said, never, I want to be behind the scenes. I want to pray for you. You never know I pray for you until you get to heaven. <laughs> and you said, oh, she's been praying for me. That would have been my choice. Because while I'm praying for you, you love me. But when I get in front of you, I have to correct you, you're going to start finding stuff wrong with me. But I said, it's true. But I said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be God. Your will be done. And when I did that, he gave me the help I needed. He gave me the sisters I needed. He gave me the church I needed. He gave me the, even the etiquette of the Holy Ghost that I needed to minister. He gave me the boldness I need to minister. The help came. And I know, like when I say this, when I say this with the Holy Spirit saying this, some of you guys are supposed to be so much further. And God, so much further. But you want to do it your way. And then the angels came to strengthen him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his, sweat, and his sweat was as it was great drops of blood falling down to the ground. The angels came to give him strength. He made up his mind to do it his way. And then guess what he did then? He prayed. For y'all who don't believe in praying in the Holy Ghost, if I could get on my knees and plead with you and behoove you to pray in the Holy Ghost, it will help you. Yes. I tell my husband, I'm like a Holy Ghost. Um, I could tell people praying in the Holy, Holy Ghost. Because I could sit with you, not Holy Ghost police, but Holy Ghost, like I could tell where you at in the spirit when you pray. Because most of the guys, when you start praying the Holy Ghost after three minutes, they done exhausted. I'm like, we just get warm up. <laughs> and you can tell the people when you pray with them, you can tell who praying the Holy Ghost all the time. It's just like working out in the natural. You can tell when somebody get on a treadmill and they're going for five minutes, they just like, hey. You can tell somebody who haven't been on the treadmill at all after two minutes. Huh, huh, huh. And it's like that when we go to prayer meeting. I could tell those who been praying in tongues because they could go at it. And I could tell at two minutes they ain't got nothing to say. I'm like, we, we, ain't, even in, we ain't even in the depth yet. <laughs> and when you say God's will, you're going to have to pray. Jesus didn't say, oh, Father. They said he prayed with agony, sweats of blood dripping off his face. He was praying. He was praying. If y'all never seen praying, come to a Monday night meeting or Sunday night meeting. He was praying because what he was about to do, he needed to pray it out. And he needed to be strengthened. So once you say yes to the will of God, them angels come to help you, then you need to pray out. And you don't know how to pray out. So that's why you got the Holy Ghost. Justin preached a sermon about three months ago. I will advise everybody to get that about the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues. The benefits of praying in tongues. It was an awesome message. So then, some of you guys, you already said I'm going to do the will, but you're lacking the prayer part. That easy to do. Ask God, pray your understanding, and then ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You pray out mysteries. Mysteries. 
You pray out things that you don't even know about. That ain't even came yet. I remember when I first started praying in the Holy Ghost, people think I was praying in the Holy Ghost since I was like two. No, I wasn't even. <laughs> I started praying in the Holy Ghost when I first came to this church. And I remember the first time I realized that you can pray out mysteries in the Holy Ghost. I was praying in my house in the Holy Ghost, and my daughter was in the room. She was about 11 years old. And I went in the room, and I started praying over her. And the first thing I started praying over was about her daughter. She's 11 years old. And I started praying about her daughter. And I said, wow, God. And that just made me more, okay, I want to see what else we're going to pray about. You pray out your calling. What I'm here today is because I prayed it out. What I'm doing today is because I prayed it out. What you're doing today is because you pray out. If you ain't doing nothing, you ain't prayed. I can tell people pray because they're walking in what they prayed. Prayer is a track that you walk on. So if you ain't walking and you ain't doing nothing, it's because you ain't praying, baby. It is what it is. And you want to get bold? Pray in the Holy Ghost. No face, no face can intimidate you. Because you are so full of God, you can look right in the face and pray. And say, it doesn't matter what I say, I'm going to say what you say, Holy Ghost. So that will help. So after he prayed in agony, and then he rose up from prayer, and he was come to the disciples, and he found them sleep with sorrow. <laughs> Some people... Well, you're going to have people that you're going to try to pray with. And they were they sorry because they knew what he said. You know, when God gives you a calling and God gives you something to do, everybody's not going to understand it. That's just the truth. Um, and they, even when Jesus told them I was going to the cross, Peter rebuked him. Because that was a way that Peter thought was a different way to be. He thought we could do this a different way. You're the king. We could take over. But no, it was God's will to do it that way. That way. And it's God's will to do it one way. And you must find that way God wants you to do it. And in that way, you're going to prosper. Amen. And so, well, sometimes you're going to tell people the will of God for your life. And you're going to say, hook up. <laughs> sometimes it might be difficult. And they might not want you to do it. I remember my family, I, 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 I'm a missionary at heart. I love missions trip. And uh, when I told my family I'm going to mission trip, sometimes my husband don't like it. My kids don't like it. But I said, I believe God. I went to Thailand. I went to Honduras. I went to Mexico. I've just been so busy with prayer. I haven't been on a mission trip in years. But that's my heart. And especially when I, when I went to Thailand, I went by myself. I went with a group from different, but I went by myself. And I know my husband, he, he didn't really like that. And I remember my youngest daughter saying, Mama, if God said it, who am I to come against God? But sometimes people are not going to understand what God tells you. Now, my husband wasn't in disagreement because we have to be in agreement. I'm going to just get that straight. You women, be in agreement with your husband. I'm going to get that straight. Now, my husband would have said, he's my covering. He's the man God gave me. If he would have said, baby, don't go, I would not have gone. But he know the call of God on my life, and he know I prayed about it, so he trusts that. But even though he didn't want me to go in his flesh, but he trusted that. I just want to clarify that over the, the over the audience. I want them to say, Shirley said this. No, your husband is your covering. You should respect him as a man of God he is. Amen. So my, so when I went, he, my husband didn't understand why I had to go all the way to Thailand, but it was in me. It was in me. He said, you do the outreach here, 
You reach out to people here, why you got to go to Thailand? So sometimes when you decide to do the will of God, people who love you closely, they might have sorry about it. They might not want you to do it. But still, that doesn't matter. If you hear what God said, you do it. Because even his close disciples, they they was filled with sorrow because he was going to go to the cross. They didn't know he needed them then. That's when he needed them to help him pray. And sometimes when you're about to say the will of God, you're going to need some people to help you pray. If you don't have a good prayer group, find one because you're going to need somebody to help you pray that out. Because when you say, I'm going to do the will of God, I'm going to tell you. I was thinking about Billy Graham today. You know how he went home to be with Jesus. But I was just thanking God for his family, how that wife let her husband go. How those kids didn't have their daddy with them when they had baseball games, when they had soccer. But their daddy was preaching the gospel. So I love what Billy Graham did, but I know it was a family back home that didn't have the things in the house that we all had. So sometimes when you say yes to the will of God, when Billy Graham went to heaven, you could believe boatloads of people were thanking him. But his family went through some stuff that daddy wasn't there. They had the baseball game, where your daddy? My daddy out preaching. So when you say yes to the will of God like Billy Graham, Sometimes your family might not can't do everything they want to do. It is what it is. I remember one time my daughter, she had, um, she was on the soccer team. And I was telling my husband, telling my husband about this. Uh, they hurt me to my core. And she try out. And she is not a sports person. She kind of like a pretty girl, you know, don't want to sweat too much. But she wanted to do soccer. No, volleyball. And she got the team, and she was so happy. And then they said it was on Wednesday night. And I had to look my baby in the eyes and say, we cannot do it because we have church on Wednesday night. And pray and hope she don't get mad at God and she understand. Because I see so many kids be like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm mad at God because we could never do this, we could never do that. And I pray and hope that she would see what I was trying to do, what I was doing. I was trying to show her that nothing more important than what God told you to do on Wednesday night first. I wanted her to learn that while she's young. Because then it would have been volleyball. Next day it would have been soccer. Next day it would have been something else. Once you open that door and start compromising, next day you know you ain't doing nothing God said do. So you can't even open the door. And that's not easy for your kids. And sometimes your family going to have to suffer when you say, I'm going to do God's will. And you got to look them in the face and say, we can't pay because it's for your good. Can you imagine if Jesus said no to the will of God? Not even Jesus, but where you will be. Where you would be, where you would be, where you would be. Because it was a hard cup to swallow. Now flip that. Flip that. What about if you say no to the will of God? Who won't be here because you say no? 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 Just like Jesus said yes, and we all in this place today because he said yes. When you say yes, people are going to be here because you say yes. People are going to be in the kingdom because I say yes to an ice cream truck ministry that take away my Saturdays and I work all week, sometimes two jobs. I want believers to get out of the reality that it's about you. When Jesus went to that cross, it wasn't about him. 
It was about you, 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 you. So when you said no, it's not about you. It's about the people that God had in line for you to reach, but you wasn't present. Because you want to do it your way. You didn't like what the pastor said. You left the church. Now you're in some place else, and that's not the will of God. Now people in this church need what you got inside of you, but they can't get it because you're over there. We need to take this serious. I tell people sometimes when you don't come to church, you think you, you get mad at pastor, and you think you're hurting pastor. You know you're hurting me because I need what God got in you to fulfill my destiny. You're not making pastor mad. You pastor probably don't. I need you. I need that sermon inside of you. I need that prophecy inside of you. I need that prayer inside of you to pray for me. I need you. And when you're not doing it, I'm lacking in my Christian walk. Because I can't hear that sermon that you were supposed to preach. And I was supposed to stir me up to do what I need to do. I can't hear that word of life that you're supposed to give me. I can't hear that. Because you don't say no. I have this thing that I tell my kids. When my, my daughter was younger, I don't know how long we've been doing prayer on Monday nights. I think seven years. My daughter would say, Mama, why all the time you have to go on Monday nights to pray? I said, because I have you. I didn't do homework with them sometimes. I didn't cook for them. My husband understand. Because I had to get home, go to prayer. Because it wasn't about me. Sometimes in prayer I was uncomfortable. Sometimes in prayer I know other people was uncomfortable. Sometimes when we first started, I think we only had three people. <laughs> and I tell my daughter, and sometimes it's not even about people in church. When I pray, I'm praying to my fifth generation. I'm praying to my fifth generation. When I, I remember a couple years ago, I read in the Bible that the king of Judah was doing stuff wrong. And God said, because of David's sake, I won't destroy you. Because what David gave his life to me. Now, you acting a fool, and you ain't doing what I'm supposed to do, but because of what David laid down his life, I won't destroy you. And I said the same thing about me. I want to lay down my life for Jesus because my second, I'm only my second. None of my kids got kids. But I'm down to the fifth generation because I gave my life to Jesus because I said your will. Because I did it for Jesus, for their sake, for their kids' sake, for their kids' sake. Because great, 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 great grandma laid down her life. So sometimes it's about people think, God thinking generations. God thinking generations. God, if you read the Bible, it's generations. It's just not just you. It's generations after you. Generation after you. And you got to start thinking like God, then you'll realize the impact when you don't do it his way. Because you think if I say no, it's just me. It's your kids, 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 kids. I think it's to the fifth generation. It's people in this church. It's the body of Christ. Like they say in Haggai, the, the, everybody was doing their own thing. Their house was looking good. The Lord's house was a mess. Thank you, Lord. Say your will. 
Not mine. Your will. Not mine. Go to my next page. And his will won't seem reasonable. When God tell any, I, I was thanking God the other day for my pastors. Because the pastor did not open his church. He always tell a story about he wanted to be an evangelist. And he wanted to go to Caribbean. And he wanted to do this and do that. And the pastor did not obey God and said, not my will. I wouldn't be here today. My, my husband wouldn't be today. My children wouldn't be in today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. If pastor would have said no. How many of you guys, if pastor would have said no, would be where you at today? So just that one domino would have prevented all of us from being where we at. So what dominoes are you preventing from being where people are at? And I ain't saying there's got to be something grand. It just be whatever God tell you to do. My mama, we have a saying that we say mama Lily say. Everybody know it. Do what the Holy Ghost said do. Do what the Holy Ghost said do. Mama Lydia, she phrased that. Do what the Holy Ghost said do. Whatever God tell you to do, do it. You may not want to, you may not be in the pulpit. It may just be to a church and stay there. Sometimes that's the hardest thing. To stay faithful to one church. I know it like when I was growing up, we were never in one church more than two years. We went from church to church to church. So when I first got saved, this has been, I've been in church for 14 years. This is like my kids since she was, Diana was three, was here. This is a life. She don't know anything else but the people in this church she grew up with. So that could be the only thing. Just coming every Wednesday night. Sometimes, you know, you make it seem big. I know some of you guys, the Lord been saying, join the ice cream truck. I know he's been talking to you because I've been praying. <laughs> I wanna, I'm one of those people that know when I pray that God moves. If I didn't know that, I wouldn't even pray because it would be a waste of my time. So I know when I pray, God moves. So I know some of you guys have been talking about going to the ice cream truck. And I know some of the excuses. And it could be on that ice cream truck, I give it my all. I reach out to everybody I can, but I can't relate to everybody. You may might be that one person that you can relate to. And when you relate to that one person, they get saved. And because they got saved, the whole household got saved. And because the whole household got saved, their kids got saved. Because that one person that you could reach that I couldn't. Because you've been through something that they've been through and I did not. It could be anything. It could be ushering. It could be the worship team. I don't know what it is, but whatever God is saying to you to do, please do it and don't do it your way anymore because it's not going to work out. It can't. I want to go to how I want to go to how we do things sometimes because I, I used to do this until I learned it much easier just following his way. <laughs> I, I used to do this too. I just got tired of just doing it. Um, First Samuel, I think it is. I think I lost my notes, but that's okay. Okay, now this is Samuel. He was anointed the king, as we all know. And um, he wasn't such a good king, but we're going to find out. Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, he the voice of the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord, The Lord is telling him what to do. 
I will, pun, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he, ambushed him, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them both. Kill both men and women, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. God said kill everybody. People don't like to hear that. I remember one time, it's in the Bible. <laughs> you can't preach part of the Bible, preach the whole Bible. And I remember one time I asked God, I was like, God, I don't know that God. I don't. And I thank God I don't know that God. I just know the God, the love, love you and everything. So I asked him one time, I said, God, why do you want them to kill everybody? And he said, first you got to learn everything I do is because of love. You may not understand love. We think we have ideal love. We don't understand love. God is love. So everything he does in the Bible is because he loves us. And you may say, well, that's should, you know, people say, you can show God a good way of showing it. You're going to love me and you're going to kill me? <laughs> no. It was because of what they was doing. They were destroying themselves. And they were destroying the people around them because of the deeds that they was doing. And everything God do is because of love. So he said, kill everybody. Now go ahead. So Saul gathered the people together and murdered them and tell them 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, go depart, get down from among the Amalekites, Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them, for you show kindness to all the children of Israel when when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. So he told the people that were with them, hey, y'all about to get, um, God done told me to come in here and do some stuff. If you want your life saved, you better go. And they said, yes, man, I'm out. That's the surly virgin. If somebody say, God, go destroy this city, get out, I'm going to be the first one on the first train. <laughs> and, Saul, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havela and all the way to Shur, which is the east of Egypt. He also took Agai, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Now, this way it gets sticky. God said, kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But Saul and the people spared Agai and the best of the sheep. Mm-mm-mm. The oxen, the fatlings, the lamb, and all that was good and was unwilling to utterly destroy them, but everything despised and worthless that they might utterly destroy. So this, I'm going to go to the next one, but this is what we do. (laughs) We say, God, I don't want to do that, but I'll do this. (laughs) That's what we do. I don't want to give my tithes, but I give offering once in a while. Yeah, we want to negotiate with God. I don't want to give you all of this, but I give you some of this. I may not want to do what it takes so I can be in the perfect destiny and the perfect will of God, but I'll do this. I'll help Pastor Jeannie instead of doing what I need to do when I should be doing something else. Because that looked good to us. Go ahead. I did it before too, but I learned. Say, we are going to learn. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as a king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose up early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told to Samuel, saying, Saul went up to Camel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandments of God. 
we can lie to ourselves. We do it. I do it all the time. We can lie to ourselves, not all the time now, but I used to, to make me feel like I'm not in the will, of, to make it feel like I'm in the will of God. So I make, I make up stuff in my head that I'm doing good to take away for the stuff I know I'm not doing what God told me. We do that. And a lot of us, we doing other stuff. We staying busy, but it's not that one thing that God told you to do. You lie to yourself. Say, I'm going to stop lying to myself. And some of you guys saying, well, I'm still coming to church, but God ain't asked you to still come to church. I just heard in the spirit, well, I'm still here. God didn't ask you to still be here. But Samuel said, what then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, they have brought them from the amulets, for the people spare the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice it to the Lord God. And the rest we have early destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves to be quiet. Just stop lying. Just stop lying. Just be quiet. And I would tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were alerting your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you to be king over Israel? When you wasn't nothing, God had already appointed you. When nobody said you would be nothing, you were alerting your own eyes. God already had a great destiny for you. And he just asked you to obey him. Now the Lord sent you on a mission. We have a mission. And said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. When, they, when did, why did, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do even the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, but I, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And gone on a mission which the Lord sent me and brought back Agai, king of Amalek. And I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Still lying. But the, people took the pl- but the people took up the plunder, sheep, and oxen, and the best of things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to your Lord, your God, and get glad. So Samuel said, has, has the Lord a, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. I said all that to get to the point. Behold, all you do, if it's not the will of God, you ain't doing much. Sometimes, I got small ears. Sometimes when God tells us to do stuff just like Jesus, it's going to take a lot of our flesh going under. It's going to take a lot of, when I say this, I'm saying this from experience. It's going to take a lot of you going away and a lot of Jesus coming up. It's going to take people looking over you when you've been faithful. It's going to take people talking about you, and you don't even know what you did. It's going to take coming in church when you don't feel like it. It's going to take you discipline your body, discipline your flesh. It's going to take no, not so much time with your hubby, not so much time with your children. It's going to take a lot. So we do everything else to work around it. I read my Bible all day, God. I pray all day, God, but is that what God told you? That's good. Do that too, what God, but do what God told you to do. Then we get, when we're not in the perfect will of God, then we get in depression. Then we get in anxiety. Then we get in fear. We get in all this kind of stuff because we're not doing what he said do. 
I, I remember one time this woman told me, and I was surprised. She was a leader in, in the church. She's not anymore. It's been years ago. That she said the Lord told her to come to prayer on Monday night. And she came one time. And she said, I can't pray like that. She said, because when I pray like that, the enemy going to put a target on my head. Because you are tearing down the enemy's territory. I thought that we were supposed to do. I didn't know people were actually afraid of what the devil going to do to them when they do the will of God. And some of y'all in this place, you're afraid because what the enemy going to do when you start doing the will of God. And I'm going to tell you, he will put a target on your head. Time you say, I'm going to do it, he's going to start messing stuff up for you. I like what one of my prayers says. She said, but the devil is defeated. He don't have any feet. So if you're running for Jesus, he can't run after you. So just keep on running for Jesus. He's defeated. You have to see it that way. You can't think, oh, my God, if I start doing what God said do, it's going to be a target. He's going to attack my finances. Yes, he did it with me. He's going to attack my family. Yes, he will. He did it with me. He's going to attack your soul. Yes, he did it with me. He's going to start telling you everything that's wrong with you, everything that you did wrong, and that you can't do what you called to do. Yes, he will. But when do we start becoming afraid of the devil? I thought we was the overcoming church. I thought we knew that no weapon formed against us should prosper. I thought we knew the greater one that lives inside us. If you don't know, now you know. So when you start doing the will of God, he's coming for you. But that didn't stop Jesus. The life without you doing it is way worse than what the devil could do to you. And he can't do nothing to you anyway. He's defeated. I, and I, when she said that, I was like, wow. And I went to a meeting one time, and I had just, it wasn't this church. Um, and this woman was speaking. And the man said that um, we were sitting down, and it was just a small group. And he said the same thing. You know, when I start winning souls, that all hell broke loose in my house? That's about right. But the Bible said the man that wins souls is wise. When you start going out there winning souls for Jesus, that means you need wisdom, go do that. Amen. You will become wise. And yes, the enemy going to try to do everything to stop you because he thinks that's his property. But we are here to say, no, sir, God created them, and we're going to tell them. Yes. Obey, obey, obey. Betty Lowe said it's the only way. Sometimes, sometimes while you in, some people in this room, you in stuff right now, it's because you're in disobedience. Sometimes your body has pain because you're not doing what God said to do. Sometimes you're depressed because you're not doing what God said to do. Sometimes your finances ain't working out because you're not doing what God said do. I guarantee tonight, if you line up with the will of God, everything you need, he will make a way and get that to you. I see, I pray for so many people. And sometimes I tell them, you need to do what God said. I could pray for you. I could pray for my husband until I rub his head off. But if he in disobedience, my prayer ain't doing no good. So I ain't going to pray for him. When I start praying for people and I see God say they ain't doing this, I ain't going to waste my time. Just do what God say do and everything else will add up. 
First seek the kingdom of God and everything will add up. We have to. So many people, and they be like, I've been praying. Pastor said this Sunday, I've been praying and I've been doing stuff. Nothing ain't happened. If nothing ain't happened, check, check. They put a check, say, God, am I doing what you said do? If I'm doing your perfect will, am I doing everything I can? I remember one time I, I had just something attack my body. I had this big old knot for some reason just come on my leg. It was a devil. We all know he's the, he the one that do stuff like that. And um, I didn't know what it was. I, and then, you know, the enemy says it's a tumor, it's this and that. I said, oh, my God, maybe it's Mercer or whatever it is. I don't know. But I'm the type of person, my husband can tell you, if I say take me to the hospital, it's probably because I'm almost dead. Because I'm not going to the hospital. I, I, have, I said, Jesus, you're the great physician. And I trust you with my body because you made it. Now, nothing wrong with hospital. My dog's going to be a doctor. Just pray before you go. But I'm a very, when I get my fangs on something, I hold on to it. So I remember I had this. And my husband didn't even know. I don't think my husband even know I dealt with this. Because I don't tell people. I don't tell people because you ain't God and what can you do for me? I tell you now if I know you're praying the Holy Ghost. <laughs> If I know you know how to pray, I might tell you. Not to say my husband don't know how to pray, but I just didn't want him to worry. So I didn't tell him. And so I had it out there, and Pastor was saying, you know how when you first get saved, everything happened instant. I remember I first came to this church, and I was dealing with something in my body. I, was, I used to sit in the back when I first came. I moved up as I, you know, grew a little bit. <laughs> I was sitting in the back, and I was dealing with something in my body, and I just lift my hands, I worship God, bam, hit the floor and was healed. Then one time I had a flu, a flu-like symptoms. I don't know because I don't go to the doctor, so I ain't get a doctor. I ain't had no speaking over me, nothing. But I was sick in the bed for about five days. And I remember I just got up every day and I praised the Lord and I danced and I hallelujah, I got healed. So I'm used to that. So then this one time when this thing get on my, um, my leg, I'm thinking it's everything. I'm going to pray. I'm going to declare the word. And one week passed. And the more I prayed and declared the word, it got bigger. It literally got bigger. And, then I'm, and now I'm walking with a limp. I'm walking with a limp, and now people noticing something wrong with me. So I go to my job, and the boss said, Shirley, are you okay? You work, walking with a limp? I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I just, you know, hurt myself. And my husband, I'm, I'm fine. I always say I'm fine. My husband tell you, he said, baby, well, I'm fine. Now, I ain't going to say that's right, but I'm working on that. So it got to the point where I was walking with a limp, and then Mary Fran was going to a church. Mary Fran was going to be at church um, near the beach, and Miss Jeannie said, Shirley, do you want to go with me? I was like, yes, because you don't hear my prayers, God, but I know you hear Mary Fran prayer, so I'm going to that meeting because you ain't listening to me, so I'm going to that meeting. So I remember going to the meeting, and this time I could hardly stand. It was so big I, could, I couldn't hardly stand. So I went to the meeting, me and Miss Jeannie went over there, and I sat in the meeting, and, you know, I'm in pain, but I'm still up, standing up worshiping God because I'm determined that I know you the God that healed, and I know I'm already healed. I'm just waiting for it to manifest. And so I, I'm worshiping God, and then she says, sit down, and I'm trying to sit down. I'm in pain. So the meeting over, no miracle. I, nothing fell off, no tumors dropped, nothing. So now I'm thinking, am I in for unforgiveness? So I'm, 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 I'm thinking. And so I get in the car, Miss Jeannie. I said, it was a person at church. Now I'm going to tell you this how much. I said, Holy Ghost, bring me, bring my, my remembrance to anything. So it was a person in church that I remember like three weeks ago. He looked at me and he looked at me kind of, you know, mean. And then I was like, well, I don't care because I ain't did nothing to him. 
And then the Holy Ghost bring that, we, we, that comment back to my remembrance. So I'm in the comments, Gina, I got on that phone, da 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 hey, hey, brother, did I do anything to you? Please forgive me. I'm trying to check all my boxes because this thing is getting painful now. <laughs> so I'm checking, did I forgive my daddy? Did I forgive my mama? What, what's going on? What's going on? Because it's never God. It's never God. <laughs> yes. And that's what we do with ourselves. And then in the end, it was, in the end, it finally, one day, one night, just went. And I don't know what it was. Was me calling that person? I don't know. I never told God, but it went. And I was like, man, as you get more mature, this thing gets a little bit more. You require me to do a little bit more. To stand by faith. And I never, and, and now, you know, I learned now, it may not be quick, it may not be instant, but by, I'm already healed. Amen. So that's the way I walk things out. And then I had something recently where I was, and this was a prayer meeting that we went to. I'm saying this because when you're in the will of God, things won't stick to you. They might come, but they ain't going to stick to you. Amen. Because they can't. Because you're doing his will. Yeah. He can't have me out there on the ice cream truck like this. Y'all want ice cream with my leg a big lip? He can't do that. He can't. You can't. If you're doing what God said do, he will keep you so you can be able to do what God said do. And uh, one Monday night, we had just about last month, we, I think about four people got healed at that prayer meeting. And I had some chronic symptoms in my body. It was so bad, I was about to tell my husband I'm going to the hospital. And I prayed, and I stood on the word, and I do what I always do. And then one night at the prayer meeting, God said, we had a prayer list. God said, rip up the prayer list. He said, I want y'all to just go swimming in the rivers. And we all, some people doing backstrokes. I think <laughs> Debbie was diving in. And I got up off of that flow. And I just, you know, I felt refreshed. Then I went home the next day, and those symptoms, I mean, it wasn't no little bit of symptoms. I mean, it was chronic symptoms for two weeks. I went back home, and the next day I noticed those symptoms were gone. Why was it me laying on the floor on Monday night prayer when I had been declaring the word two weeks? I don't know, but I know I was in the will of God. I know I went to prayer. If I didn't go to prayer that night, God told me to lead prayer. He told me to be at prayer. I was in prayer. I was in the right place, and I got healed. Amen. If I would have said, oh, I, I got these symptoms. I'm not going to prayer tonight. Would I have gotten healed that night? I don't know. What had been manifested that night, I was already healed. So when you get into the perfect will of God, those things that seem to linger on you will go away because God needs you. Make yourself need. Make yourself useful. When you make yourself useful, you'll find out that your body will line up what God is saying doing because he needs what you're doing. But when you're not doing what God said doing, you might get all kinds of symptoms on your body. I remember one time ministers to somebody and they want to be healed. And we're like, God said, why you want to be healed? You're not going to do what I say. Why you want God to raise you up and heal your body if you're just going to sit there and do nothing? It's the truth. And sometimes you have to tell people these things and smile because most people love me because, you know, they know I love them. But you sometimes ask for something, but what? Why? If you're going to sit down, just sit down in pain. 
Now I'm... <laughs> I want to go to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 67. And then I'm going to close. Because tonight, what's going to happen? You're going to be stirred up. You're going to be stirred up to do stuff. You're going to be stirred up to say what God said do. I want to do it. And then the enemy is going to come with excuses. And Paul reminded Timothy to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of hands, of hands, my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. The reason he said stir up first, because you want to stir that gift and then you can't be afraid. Because God haven't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and soundness of mind. Because once that kid, gift gets stirred up, you're going to be afraid to do it because you're going to think about what, what if? What if? And then the second thing he told Timothy, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. And that's to everyone tonight. If God gave you a gift and told you what to do, you do his will. And you stir up that gift every day. Stir up by praying in tongues. Stir up by listening to the word of God. You stir up that gift. Don't let it lay there. Stir that. If, you, if you're supposed to be prophesying, stir up that gift. And then know that you do not have a spirit of fear. You could do anything. You walk in power and the love and the soundness of mind. We all got a gift. We all got something God told us to do. Some people think I'm too old. Your ladder should be greater than your former if you were stirred the gifts. Some, I'm too young. Some, I'm disqualified because I did this and that. Stir up tonight. Go home, stir up. Remember all those things God told you to do. Because you can do it. People are depending on you. Lies are depending on you. Salvations are depending on you. Get out of yourself. And when you do that, you will be taken care of. Some of you guys, it may be ministering. You might be up here next year. I'm the type that I want people to go farther than me. I'm not the type to look at you and say, oh, they outdoing me. I'm going to try to push you to go where I can't go. Some places, they won't even let me in the door, but they'll let you in the door. It's true. I'm a woman. Some churches ain't going to let me preach, but they might let you preach. We all got somebody somewhere. And I want, before I close, anybody do not pray in tongues. I want to encourage you tonight to make up your mind. If you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues tonight, you can come and hear somebody pray you. But you will not reach your potential if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much Bible you know. I don't care how smart you are. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you can't pray out those mysteries. I will beg you, plead with you to pray in the Holy Ghost more. Yes, amen. I, I do this. I, I, I've spent quiet time with the Papa because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, you praying so you can't really listen. So I take my quiet time and spend with Papa. I take my time and spend in the Word. Then I take my time and only pray in the Holy Ghost for straight 30 minutes to an hour. Straight 30 minutes to an hour, praying in the Holy Ghost only. It will, in this time and age, 
we would need to know so many things ain't happen because I pray out in the Holy Ghost. I didn't even know what I was praying about. So tonight, I want to encourage everyone under the sound of my voice, if you're on the CD, please, if you don't know how to get filled with the Holy Ghost, if you in this building, come up here. If you don't know how, get to a church that, that can lead you and guide you in these things because you're going to need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're going to need to pray in the Holy Ghost in these days. So that's what I would encourage before because that's the only way you can fulfill the will of God. Yeah. And people say, well, surely I know people praying the Holy Ghost and they seem to be okay. And maybe they don't know much and God meet you where you're at. Yeah. But for you in this place, much is given, much is required. Oh, Pastor, tell you pray about the Holy Ghost. Some people say he preached too much about praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so when you come in this church, you got more information, so you require. You can't say you didn't know. You know. So that's why it's not going to work for you when you say so-and-so don't pray in the Holy Ghost. Now she's doing okay. God know where she at, but you here. So it's a different standard on you. So pray in the Holy Ghost. Say, I will do the will of God. Not my way, but your way, Lord. Tonight is a new day. It's a new way. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. I'm going to just close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you know each and every one under the sound of my voice. You know what you've been calling them to do. I know some of them are ministers. I know some of them are evangelists. Some of them are teachers. Some of them are prophets. I know some of them have gifts of help. Some of them are called to the world and the nation. And I pray, Lord, that you call them. And that tonight they will make up in their heart and the word of God stir them up to say, not my will, but your will, Lord. And they will commit to that. And they will walk into that. And they will let all else go and cling to you, Jesus. For those who are having a hard time saying, yes, Lord, you, may they say, Lord, help me. Sometimes if you say, Lord, just help me. For those, Lord, that need that help, I thank you for sending the assistance. You said out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. When they hear it here, they hear it again, they hear it again. Don't let the word of God go from them because your church have need of them. Because I have need of them. Because you, God, have need of them. Many say, God, that you don't need us. But you tell me daily that you need me. And I need you. And may your church be awakened that you need us. You created us for a purpose. You created us because you need us. And I thank you tonight, Lord. Let that arise in them. Let the missionary arise. Let the evangelists arise. Let the fiery preachers arise. I thank you, Lord. Tonight is a new way. It's no longer what we want. It's what you want. Because you love us. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.